Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded June 4th, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we're doing a slightly early mid-year check-in on our 2021 outlook for the U.S. equity market. Three big things you need to know. First, we're sticking with our market call and 4325 target on the S&P 500. Slipping sentiment and peaking economic and earnings indicators may contribute to a brief pullback in the second half, but the longer-term economic outlook remains constructive. Second, we remain neutral U.S. equities relative to non-U.S. equities, but are admittedly feeling better on the latter. And third, while we wouldn't be surprised to see small caps underperform in a broader market pullback, we continue to see considerable opportunity in the space longer term and are sticking with our bias to small over large. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that if you find our work helpful and vote in the Institutional Investor All-America Research Survey, we do appreciate your support in the portfolio strategy and thematic research categories this year. Now the details. Takeaway number one. Slipping sentiment and peaking economic and earnings indicators may contribute to a brief pullback in the broader market at some point during the second half. But the longer-term economic outlook does remain constructive for stocks. One thing really jumping out to us right now is the deterioration in sentiment underway. Asset manager positioning in U.S. equity futures has started to slip after returning to levels that came extremely close to pre-pandemic all-time highs earlier this year. In part, this has been driven by a very slight decline in S&P futures positioning. This deterioration in institutional investor sentiment syncs up with the slippage we've seen among retail investors. Net bullishness on the AAII survey has fallen sharply after returning to the troublesome 30% level earlier in 2Q. And Google searches for call options, a way to gauge the sentiment of the new generation of retail day traders, has also started to fall relative to Google searches for put options. While the recent loss of positive economic surprises in the U.S. and possible peaks on S&P 500 EPS growth, manufacturing surveys, and other widely watched macro indicators may spark a loss of price momentum in the U.S. equity market in the short term, the durability and strength of the longer-term economic outlook does keep us constructive on stocks. 2022 real GDP forecasts among Wall Street economists are holding steady at 4%. This is important because historically, when real GDP comes in above 4%, S&P 500 returns average 16% in the year prior. And as we've discussed on the podcast before, when GDP is tracking above its long-term average of 2.5%, value tends to beat growth. Overall, an economy that's running hot longer term, even if the growth rate slows a bit, should keep the reflation trade going and any pullback in the broader market brief. Takeaway number two. We remain neutral U.S. equities relative to non-U.S. equities for 2021, but we are admittedly finding that non-U.S. equities are starting to look more interesting on a number of fronts. Stronger and ramping 2021 U.S. GDP growth relative to the rest of the world and the modest strengthening in the U.S. dollar that our FX strategy team has been calling for are supportive of U.S. leadership for now. But the U.S. isn't the only recovery story in play anymore and conditions are improving outside the U.S. on a number of fronts. In terms of COVID, globally, ex-U.S. and EU, new case counts are improving, deaths have leveled out, and growth in vaccinations has become stronger. This hasn't translated into better trends in expected 2022 GDP growth outside the U.S. yet, 
but this is something we've got to keep an eye on. Additionally, the U.S. is only in the middle of the pack on restaurant bookings per open table in terms of year-over-year -year improvement when we look at countries across the globe. Positive economic surprises also do remain in Europe and Japan, even though they've essentially disappeared in the U.S., and manufacturing PMIs are now looking stronger in Europe and Germany and the U.S. All of this has occurred against the backdrop of a number of underlying conditions that have been arguing for a rotation out of U.S. equities into non-U.S. equities for quite some time. U.S. equities continue to look both overowned and overvalued on a number of metrics we track. Additionally, non-U.S. equities tend to outperform U.S. equities when value beats growth. If we're right on the style rotation, that argues for a bigger geographical rotation as well. Wrapping up with small cap. While we wouldn't be surprised to see small cap underperform in a broader market pullback, we continue to see considerable opportunity in small caps longer term, and we're sticking with our bias to small over large. Small caps do tend to underperform when ISM and inflation expectations are falling, trends that might be underway and help spark a short-term market pullback in coming months. That's obviously not good for small cap short term if indeed it happens. But the key thing to remember is that the underlying economic backdrop is expected to main, remain strong for quite some time, with real GDP growth well above average through next year. Historically, when real GDP growth is above its long-term average of 2.5%, small cap tends to beat large cap, just the same way that value tends to beat growth. Additionally, small caps continue to look deeply undervalued relative to large caps, and money flows have been trending much better for small cap than large cap. The fiscal spending backdrop is also supportive of small caps, assuming Biden is successful in getting at least some of his key agenda items from the American Jobs and Families plans through. Historically, small caps do tend to outperform large caps when Democrats control the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. We're not overly worried about the prospect for higher corporate taxes in regards to our small cap call, given our work which has revealed that large cap growth has been the segment of the U.S. equity market that saw the biggest declines in corporate tax rates under Trump. It's that part of the market, not small cap, that has the most to lose if Biden is successful in raising corporate taxes. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and please reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.